This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. And now, the moment you've all been waiting for. You're tuned in to Tapped Out. Hosted by Brendan Tobin and Sean Levine. Only on the BetQL Network. All right, here we go. Two hours of free talk here on the BetQL Network with Brendan Tobin. I am Sean Levine. Coming up at 520 Eastern Time, we'll be joined by Reed Wallach from BetSided. And then at 620 Eastern time, that is, we're going to be joined by Jim Rodriguez, boxing producer for ESPN. No fights tonight, but we do have a lot to talk about because coming up next week, I absolutely love this card. But, BT, we got to start with the fight that happened the day after we got off the air last week. So we got off on Saturday, and then the Oscars happened on Sunday, you know, I'm not one to make light of another guy going up and hitting a guy, but I do. It does beg the question since it is a fighting show. Were you more impressed with Will Smith's slap or the chin of Chris Rock? My goodness. I mean, dude had a microphone in one hand, an envelope in the other, and didn't flinch at all. Got to go with the chin of Chris Rock. Way more impressed with that. Uh, solid slap form from, from Will Smith, but I figure uh, with the size advantage, I'd feel like you get, at least get him to stumble a little bit. And uh, Chris Rock took it like a champ. So definitely more impressed with the, uh, with the great Chris Rock. I hope we don't see a round two, but if we did, and, you know, we talk fighting and we talk betting here. That's a pick em, bro. I don't you care so? about the reach. I don't care about the reach of Will Smith. That is an absolute iron chin that I saw from Chris Rock. Not to mention, we all know that it's one thing to take a punch when you know it's coming. It's another thing to take a punch when you have absolutely no idea. That's the, that was the definition of a sucker punch right there. The more I talk it out, you can get plus money on Will Smith. Minus, plus 110 on Will Smith. Minus 150 on the comeback for Chris Rock. He's coming in right now as the favorite if there's a round two. You think uh, you don't you don't worry of uh, Will Smith being able to dust off the old Ali training like he's Dude, uh, like he can harken back to that? I don't care about the age. I don't care about the reach. I don't care about the height. I don't care about any of that stuff. That chin was absolutely unbelievable. Now we can go ahead and get into the fights that are coming up. Actually, first let's brush off what happened last Saturday night. Curtis Blades knocked out Chris Dawkins. We were talking about what it means for both guys in the heavyweight division. It feels like now Curtis Blades, especially the way that that happened, is amongst those, I'd say, three or four names that has a chance. Because at some point, there's going to be an interim heavyweight champion. Now he's put himself in position after knocking out Dawkins, in my opinion, to be one of those guys. I totally agree. I think that uh, he he had a huge opportunity last week to put himself in that mix. He's obviously in the weird position that... The actual reigning champ has two vicious wins over him. So this is probably going to be the only path he has to fighting Francis Ngannou for the pelt. Um, and he did it. I mean, he, he looked really great against Chris Dawkins, who's uh, 
had a couple of tough losses here. He's uh, he suffered some pretty uh, pretty brutal defeats, but you know, Curtis Blades continues to show that he is uh, he's not just a, a grab and hold wrestler. He's a guy who dishes out a lot of punishment. He's a very very dangerous heavyweight. The one that I wasn't too surprised, and I told you guys here right on the show that. I don't know why Kai Kara France was coming into that fight as a plus 300 against Asker Askarov. I understand that guy was on a run and the UFC has been promoting him hard. But man, we're talking about Kai Kara France, who was basically that same guy this time less than a year ago. What a great fight that was. And now Kai Kara France all the way up to number two. It feels like he's back to the same spot he was. Yeah, I, I think that he's definitely put himself there. And uh, look, he had a tough challenge ahead of him. And he was able to go out there and, and get it done. I think that for him, you know, it's a division right now that's definitely looking for somebody to kind of peek in there. Can anybody break the mold of, of Figueredo versus Moreno? And this is possibly the guy who can who can do it, you know, even though he's mixed in there with those guys before. Like, you know, this is a fun division. This is a division that's showing some new life. And I think that he definitely deserves uh, to get his crack of the belt very soon. What do you make of all the back and forth? You mentioned Moreno with him and Figgy. I mean, yeah, we've seen that fight three different times. The trash talk has been different each and every single time. It sounds like from Moreno's perspective, he thinks that Figgy's kind of dodging him. How do you see it? I could see it. Like, if I'm Figueredo, I, I would be in the p position where I'm like, I'm ready to move on to something else. Like, look, remember, he was the guy that, you know, nobody really thought Moreno was, uh, was, was going to be a huge challenge for him. And then all of a sudden, this guy is giving you the fight of his life and then he beats you. And then, you know, so for him, I think he's looking at this. This guy's a tough challenge. I think that, you know, guys get uh, a little bit worn out doing the same matchup over and over and over again. So I think if you're the guy who's on top currently, yeah, I, I understand why uh, he maybe wants to go somewhere else. And I think for Moreno, you're like, Hey, Hey, hey we gotta, we gotta finish the score here. Like you're not gonna just be, uh, be skedaddling off to something new. If we're talking champions and we have to talk about John Jones' tweet, did you see it? I think it came out earlier today where he said he's not ready right now, but he's looking like June or July. If it's June or July, what do you think makes sense as far as an opponent? Because we always talk about once John comes back, well, that ends up being the date. I mean, man, we're into April. So we're talking about April, May, June, and then July, three or four months from now. What fight now that we kind of know a timetable, at least according to Bones, makes the most sense? I mean, like, look, we saw Stipe last week at the show. Um, I mean, like that, I feel like is a super fight. Everybody would love to see. You're talking oh, about, yeah. you know, maybe the greatest heavyweight champion of all time against the maybe the greatest guy to ever grace the octagon. So I feel like that would be my number one choice if I if I was John Jones and I want to really make an impact coming on in. But I mean, like, look, this is a very fruitful division. And, and the thing that's great about heavyweight right now is that it's a lot of young guys or guys who are in their prime who have uh, scratched their way to the top. I don't know if I'm John Jones. Do I want to take on somebody like Tom Aspinall, who's kind of just getting in there, uh, tied to Ivas the same way? Like, I feel like I I'm if I'm going to bring a lot to the table, I almost want to do it with somebody with a ton of credentials as soon as I get to heavyweight. Let me knock off maybe the best guy to ever do it in the division. So I feel like that's the one that makes the most sense to me. But they, the good thing is it felt like when we started talking about John Jones moving to heavyweight, it was almost like heavyweight needed John Jones. And I feel like right now it's in a spot where – you know, his former division is is, is uh, struggling a little bit to, to kind of find those guys who are stepping in and being the next star wave. I don't feel like heavyweight's in that spot. I feel like heavyweight has a lot of great blood in it right now. You just brought up a lot of different names. Brendan Tobin, Sean Levine here. I'm tapped out on the BetQL network. Do you think he'd be the favorite because he is John Jones, because he is arguably the greatest of all time? 
against all those names that you mentioned, like Aspinall is absolutely on fire. So is Ty Tuivasa. Stipe's probably, in my opinion, the greatest heavyweight of all time. When John comes back, let's say it's Stipe for the sake of this conversation. How do you see the odds breaking down? I feel like odds-wise, Stipe is the one who I feel like has the greatest chance to be listed as the favorite. I just feel like everybody's going to go with John's experience, John's credentials against a bunch of young guys. I don't think that as much as as much of those guys have burst onto the scene, um, I don't think anybody's going to look at that and say, okay, uh, is Tom Aspinall really going to be the betting favorite against him? I think we typically see with these guys, like it, it usually leans with guys in experience unless a guy looks really over the hill. Um be interested to see what the odds the odds would be with him and France. I don't know if like there's been some future odds when they've talked about that before, but now that Francis has shown some of a wrestling ability, it'd be curious to see what that is. But I feel like Stipe would be the closest uh, to either be the favorite or the odds would be the closest. So you don't have to go too far into it. Just give me a name, even money. You go out to Las Vegas, you go to the window. John Jones versus Stipe Miocic. Who are you taking? I'm gonna go John. I'm still gonna go John. John. I'm taking John, John Jones. Same scenario, John Jones and Francis and Ganu, and Ganu comes back nine months and he's healthy, and it's John's first fight back at heavyweight. It's his first fight back. His first fight back at heavyweight. Even money. I take, I take Francis. Wow. I didn't know if I was going to get you to bait. Okay. You take Francis in that one. You take John in the other. Very, very interesting. It's going to be fun when John actually, hopefully, fingers crossed, does come back because he does always give us reason inside or outside the octagon to talk about him. All right, speaking of guys to talk about, I am really looking forward to Hamza getting back in there because it feels like, so we had the early fights, right? And yep. then kind of we didn't see him for a minute. I'm like jonesing for some Hamzad in the octagon. It's all this training stuff. It's all this vaccines footage with Darren Till, the Smash Brothers. I want to see this guy get back in the octagon, taking on Gilbert Burns next week. You can get paid for Gilbert Burns. Are you seeing what this line's at right now? Plus Four tens. So Gilbert was, Burns pulls it off. Who, by the way, a year and a half ago fought for the belt against Kamaru Usman. Like this is no scrub. You can get four to one to beat a guy who just got here yesterday in Hamzad, who's minus five fifty. Might the money? I understand. We love Hamzad. We both think he's going to win the fight. But might the money intrigue you a little bit to go the other way? Definitely would. Just for the fact of, uh, I feel like Gilbert Burns has a lot of ways to to win a fight. He's so good on the ground. He is a dangerous striker. Uh, I feel like guys underestimate him a lot. He gets you with those sneaky shots, uh, which which hit a lot harder than you think they do. But, you know, this is going to be an interesting one. You know, Hamzat is right now, the, I think, really, if you look at next week's card, it is a good card. But even the UFC, uh, I think it was the ESPN MMA account, pointed out, like, just how lopsided the odds are for next week. It is very, you know, very favorite heavy. And so for me... Uh, I'm just looking at it and saying, yeah, he's he's probably got the – I think the thing that intrigues people most is how is Hamza going to look next week because I do think that most people think that Piotr Jan uh, is going to take out Jermaine Sterling, and I do think a lot of people think Volkanovski is going to take out Korean Zombie. But, you know, with, with Hamza, it's not only just that he wins, but can he impress enough to go and get himself in line for a title shot? I agree. When it comes to, like, a, a UFC pay-per-view, is it stacked? No, but – it's also Hamzad versus Gilbert Burns, and it's not even the co-main event, which tells you that at the no, top it's a good the yeah. Don't get me wrong; it's a good card. Like I feel like the name value is very, very strong. I just feel like people look at like you just see what the numbers are on both sides, and you're just like, well, people really don't think these guys have a chance. But I think Aljamain Sterling, Sterling is a really, really good fighter. He just you know the way that that fight was going against Jan, I don't think a lot of people think he has a chance. And 
Volkanovsky has been a pretty, pretty good champion, you know, and it's not Max Holloway in there against him. So does Korean zombie have enough to get it done? So I, I'm not hating on the card. I think it's a good card. It's just interesting to see that even, you know, the public, the, even the broadcast partner who's putting on this pay-per-view is saying, man, these are some lopsided odds coming up next week. Hey, Jake, if you get a minute, our producer, Jake, out in Philly, see if you can tell me what a parlay pays off for all the three underdogs at the top of the card. So if I take Gilbert Burns at plus 410 with Aljamain Sterling at plus 360, damn, you're right, BT. These are some heavy, heavy odds for the dogs. Crazy, dude. You can get Gilbert Burns at plus 410, who, by the way, has fought for a championship. Aljamain Sterling, who, by the way, is the champion at plus 360. And Korean Zombie at plus 540. You got it already? Yeah, so uh, it's 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 funny you mentioned this because I may or may not have degenerately put a dollar on this did. exact parlay uh, a week ago, but that parlay is currently one hundred and sixty-four to one for three wow. for all three dogs to win. Uh, so one dollar for one hundred and sixty-four in return. That's ten wow. bucks. Is he eleven hundred? Like that's about all I have in the account right now. But I think I might have to play that. I think that those are all live wires, and I agree with you, BT. The odds definitely favor – I mean, it's weird that you can get a, a current champion with an asterisk, I'll say, in the case of Sterling Yan at plus 360, although it feels like because of the last time that we saw that fight, Yan was just so dominant that it's going to take something crazy for Aljamain to win that fight. The thing is, he's honestly, I think, though, out of the underdogs, he's the one I like the most in a lot of ways. More than Zombie over Volkanovski. Yeah, because the thing with the thing with Jan that we have noticed, he is a slow starter, and he, I think he does allow for opportunities. Now, the question is for Aljo, like, does he have the ability to knock him out? Probably not. So can he get him to the ground and throw on an anaconda choke on him or a rear naked choke on him? Can he find a way to victory that way? He was having some sex, uh, success earlier in the uh, – I had an Aljamain Sterling uh, slip there myself, but uh, I think the uh, he was having some success early on in the uh, in the fight. But I just think with Jan, the thing that's been impressive with him is, man, he gets so much better as these fights go on. So you have to get him early, and I I I just think that if if I if I have to pick, I'd say all right, Aljamain Sterling is very talented. He's a great grappler. Can he find a way in the early where they're not as slippery? Can he find a way? to get uh, Peter Jans back and choke him out. That's BT, not keeping it PG here on the Betwell Network. Tapped out with Jake Galley. I'm Sean Levine. And like I said, Brendan Tobin down in Miami. I can't believe you don't think Zombie's a live wire against Volkanovski. I know Volkanovski's taken out Max a couple of times again. That same asterisk that I just used. Go ahead and keep that for those two fights. He, the Ortega fight, he, he almost got his head popped off, which give credit to Volkanovski for hanging right. in that fight. And then Zombie, I was just re-watching. This is the guy who choked out Dustin Poirier. Now, yep. he he also has been in the game for a long time. I saw that Zombie's been ranked in the top 10 for going on a decade now. So it does kind of feel like if if he can pull this off, it's almost like a, I don't know, like a Glover Teixeira type thing where it's like, damn, I never thought, I thought this guy was good, top 10, one of the best in the world, but never thought he'd be a champion, especially at this point in his career. So it'd be a huge upset, but I I, it's very tempting to take Zombie at plus 540 because you talk about a guy that can win in a bunch of different ways. That's Chan Sung Young. Yeah, I mean, that's true. And also, I mean, listen, he's shown that knockout ability. Now, I mean, we want to talk about like Korean, like you may, Volkanovski might be Australian zombie. Like this guy, like it, 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 like it takes so much to put him away. He's so tough. He's so durable. Uh, you mentioned what he did against Ortega. We've, even against the Holloway fights, like however you think those scorecards went, 
I would say the thing that's impressive about it is we know Max got off to hot starts in both of those fights and Volkanovski was kind of able to weather the storm. So it's interesting that you have two guys in here where, you, you know, kind of their, their, their superpower is durability. And so that almost makes you think like this could be a, a really, really good fight. Now, in somewhere in those exchanges, could Korean zombie catch was on it? Certainly, certainly. That, I mean, that could be the case. But man, Volkanovski has shown himself to be very tough to put away. Let's keep breaking down UFC 273 on the other side of this break with Reed Wallach from Vet Sided. And by the way, we're an hour away from tip-off. My Jayhawk's about to take care of those Villanova Wildcats. So enjoy the first hour of change, because I'm not going to lie. The last 45 minutes, you can You're get a very lost. distracted radio from me. Tobin and the Dishon Levine here tapped out on the Bet QL Network.